Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Well, so good to have you here, and I've got to meet some uh, new guests with us today, and I'm just excited that you're here. I'm excited that you're here. And more excitingly, though, of that is I'm excited that the presence of God is here. Anybody excited about that? And um, so if you are um, new with us today, I want to let you know where we've been tracking. We have this series called The Idea That Changed the World, and what we're doing is we're taking the, the children's storybook, What to Do with an Idea. Some of you were looking uh, that up and said, I couldn't find the book called The Idea That Changed the World. Well, that's because that was our title, not the book title. But if you don't want to look this up, What to Do with an Idea. And we've been taking a few pages each week and, and talking about um, this um, children's story, but as it really relates to the gospel message of Jesus Christ. And uh, it's been a fascinating journey. The first week we talked about that God knew you before you were born, um, and he had a purpose for you. If you are here and you didn't know that, you need to know that. It's really important to understand that God thinks so highly of you that he actually planned and purposed your life to be in existence for this season and this time. That was week number one. Week number two, we were talking about that actually Jesus chose you. You might think you're here because you chose Jesus. Guess what? You're here because he first chose you. And that's kind of special that Jesus thinks so much of you that, that you are here because he's been chasing after you. He's been pursuing you. He chose you first. Week number three, we talked about, that was last week, we talked about, he calls you friend. I don't know what you think or how you're brought up, your traditions, but sometimes we talked about, we think God is way out there. And the reality is God wants to be close. And we sang about that this morning. That's why we celebrate Christmas, Emmanuel, God with us meaning he wanted to be close to his creation, and that's why he sent Jesus to this world, that he can show us the way to our Father, but to be close to his creation. And he really wants to be our friend, not just our Lord and Savior, which is he wants to do that as well. Well, today we're going to say, okay, it's great that God wants to be close, but where does he live? Where does God reside? Because I don't see him. I might feel them, you know, when you all of a sudden start getting those good goosebumps. Today, we're going to talk about where he lives. In this world, that can be so difficult. By the way, there are people who are followers of Jesus that still go through difficulties in their life. And by the way, when you come to Christ, it doesn't mean that all of a sudden everything just goes super smooth for you. How many people have had only good things ever happen to you since you came to Christ? Raise your hand. Okay, so here we go. (laughs) Nobody raised their hand. But what he does promise us is this. He'll never leave us or forsake us. He's right there with us. But then again, we say, well, where's right here? Where's right here with us? He hasn't left us where? We're going to talk about the where. If you have your Bibles, would you turn with me to 1 Corinthians? 
1 Corinthians. There's another 3.16 in the Bible that's so important. We know that John 3.16, I want to let you know the 1 Corinthians 3.16. But before we go there, I want to let you know if you're a guest and you try to text into that number, nothing happened. Because I gave the person who made that slide the wrong number. All right, so if you're a guest with us, I do want to take a moment and take your phone right now. We're going to try this. This is new for us, so I've already messed you up half the half the way. Let's see if we can make this work. So it's area code 603-244-3441. Oh, I, I need my wife to correct me for a moment. Has your wife ever corrected you before, husbands? All right, it is... Two four four three four three one three four three one thirty four thirty one thirty four thirty one. Okay, if you're online and you're watching, by the way, with us, that means you're a guest as well. So if you take a moment and text in that number six zero three two four four three four three one, we got it. All right, thank you so much for that little. Uh, even I make mistakes more often than you know. All right, 1 Corinthians 3.16. You see, when we ask Jesus to be part of our life, we hear these things, we ask him into our heart, which is kind of a weird thing. Does, does, does Jesus himself all of a sudden go, get into your heart? Plugs right down your heart. And there's this little Jesus running in your little, your blood pump, and it's like, I'm trying to keep up with this blood flow. You know, Jesus. Going down a bad place, Mark. Let's get back on track. No, okay. So, so really what it is, is his presence, the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit resides in us. But it's the Spirit Jesus. So here's how we know this. Let's go back to the scripture. We have to, by the way, always find what we say in the scripture to know that that's true. 1 Corinthians 3.16 says this. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? Question mark. If anyone destroys God's temple, God will destroy him, for God's temple is holy, and you, you are that temple. Would you tell your neighbor to say that I'm God's temple? Tell your neighbor that, I'm God's temple. All right, which means God has his dwelling place in you. Now, when I I work out, or which is not very often, or I eat healthy, which is try to do more often... Um, I, people are like, why do you do this? I'm, I'm looking after God's temple. And we say it jokingly, but the reality is, is, is our bodies, which if you remember uh, a while back, we talked about how we're made up of um, our body, soul, and spirit. So our bodies contain, can actually be a housing for the Holy Spirit. It might sound like a weird concept for you, but when you understand what that means, it will forever change your world. 
Because what happens is if we just feel like we're living life and God's out there and there is no possibility of God living in here, then we are limited by our reality. The possibility is limited to our current reality. But when you realize that the God of the universe who created the universe is dwelling inside of you, then your reality is God's possibility. And that's why we can say he can bring healing, he can bring freedom, he can break addiction, he can allow you to dream these big dreams. And this is where this book, The Big Idea, comes in. But as long as we just view our life as, oh, even I know God out there, or I know of, of this Jesus, and we don't realize that he dwells inside of us, our perspective, it means everything. Because otherwise, you're going to realize that it's only by your effort. If God does not live in you, he lives externally. It is only by your effort that you'll ever be able to accomplish anything. By your strength alone. But if you can then wrap your head around the fact that God wants to dwell inside of you, then you realize that you're not limited to anything because the God of the universe dwells inside of you. And he says, that's why he says, you can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens you because Jesus dwells inside of you. We tracking? All right, this is good. I'm going to give you another verse about God dwelling in, in us. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 says this, Because the God who said, Out of the darkness light shall shine, is the one who shined in our hearts to illuminate the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure, meaning Jesus, his presence in this earthen vessel, that his excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. So in other words, here it is. He's talking about, so it's not about you, but it's his excellency, it's the presence of God inside of you that can accomplish this immeasurable thing. Galatians 2.20, if you want to write down some of these verses, Galatians 2.20 says, I am crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Okay, this whole idea, we identify with Jesus Christ. We've asked him into your life. It's no longer I who live, it's Christ who lives in me. And I'll tell you, when we get this, it's going to open up a whole new world for you. I believe too many times we think in limitation because we're thinking just with our own minds. God wants us to think without limits because he's the God of the universe. So we're going to start up with this story halfway through. My apologies if you've missed the last three weeks. You're going to get this story on Christmas Eve. We're going to read it from beginning to end. But today we're starting in the middle of it. And remember we said that little egg and that little crown, as much as it's talked about an idea in the book, we're naming him Jesus in this story because it relates. So look at this slide. What to do with an idea. Next slide. It says, I liked being with my idea. It made me feel more alive, like I could do anything. It encouraged me to think 
big and then to think bigger. It shared its secrets with me. It showed me how to walk on my hands because it said it is good to have the ability to see things differently. Now I want to read this part a little bit differently again by making it about Jesus. I like being with Jesus. It, he made me feel more alive, like I could do anything. Hmm, that awfully sounds like I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me, doesn't it? He encouraged me to think big, beyond my own limitations, and then to think bigger. He shared his secrets with me. He showed me how to walk on my hands because he said it's good to have the ability to see things differently. The kingdom of God seems to be upside down to the kingdom of this world. I actually jumped too far ahead in this story. I'm going to go back one page. I opened up to the wrong spot. We're going to get back to this in a moment. This is the important part, because this is where it talks about dwelling, the house. It says this, I built it a new house, one with an open roof, where it could look up to the stars, a place where it could be safe to dream. Going to read it again. I allowed my life to be built for a new house for Jesus. One with an open roof. Where Jesus and I could look up to the stars. A place where it could be safe to dream. Church, we've lost the ability to dream. And I wonder if it's because we've lost realizing the, the very fact that Jesus dwells inside of us. You see, Jesus wants to give us an open heaven. He wants us to have a direct connect to heaven. You see, when Jesus had the Lord's Prayer, well, what Jesus was praying, what he, we consider the Lord's Prayer. Our Father with chart in heaven, how would be thy name? That one. It says this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in where? In heaven. What he's saying is, there should be a direct connect from heaven to earth. And our connection from heaven to earth can only happen when we realize that we've got the God of the universe dwelling inside of us. Jesus dwells. His Holy Spirit dwells inside of us. And so then what we can realize is then we begin to dream his dream. We begin to understand what our purpose in life is because he's telling us what that purpose is. And that's where we find this joy, this peace, this freedom that comes in our life because we're no longer bound by just trying to do it ourselves. All right. Let's go over to this kingdom, this next slide that talks about the kingdom of God seems upside down to the kingdom of this world. There are two kingdoms in this world atmosphere if you will there's a kingdom of this world which is what we experience on the day to day we buy we sell we shop we exist we go to work we make dinner we drive cars we whatever we do that's the kingdom of this world and then there's a kingdom of god which is seemingly invisible and it picks up the qualities of these kingdom when we see love this kingdom of God, when we see peace, when we see hope, 
When people are, are functioning in the gifts of the Spirit, those are the qualities of the kingdom of God. And so even though we don't always see physical evidence, we do when we see healing. That's physical evidence of God actually working. But the kingdom, there's two kingdoms. And, and it's like if you ever watched those old uh, cartoons back in the day, you have the little angel on one shoulder and the, the devil on the other shoulder, right? It's like, what do I choose? I, Tom and Jerry were always known for those little guys popping up. And, and I think that's what it is, these two kingdoms. These two kingdoms. So I want to just draw a quick picture for you to build an illustration that I'm going to, I'm going to um, give. Uh-oh, somebody said, oh, I'm going to start drawing again. This could be bad or this could be good. All right, so first of all, I'm going to just start here by two houses. So you have to understand, if you're the dwelling place, by the way, there's a great magazine called Dwell out there, if you like uh, housing magazines. And um, it was on topic, guys. We're talking about Dwell. All right, housing magazines. We're building a house right now. All right, here's a house. Pretty little house, pretty door, a couple windows. Now, there's, there's a house that most of us who, who don't understand this idea of Jesus dwelling inside of us, this is our house. There's a roof on it. We try to keep everything in order in this house. We, we do everything right. We try to go to church all, all, every Sunday. We, try, we tithe. We do everything right, whatever. But, but yet, it's still not fully understanding this relationship of God inside of you. Or if you don't even know Jesus yet, this is your house. There's a roof on it, and chances are you're still trying to do it on your own, which, by the way, this is sand down here. Your house is built on shifting sand because you are trying to control your own life. And if you've tried to control your own life and do your own thing, you're going to realize that it's not very secure and it's not very stable. Now, there's another house out there. But it's built on a rock. Now, the interesting thing about this house, though, is it does not have a complete roof. Because, because, this is so important. By the way, this house is you. Just in case you're wondering here, this analysis this illustration you are right the temple the house the dwelling place of god and this one does not have a roof because you're now functioning oh that's an angel oh lord help me do an angel all right you now have access to heaven oh man that's so bad all right you have access to heaven you have a direct connect to heaven Oh, guys, get this. Please get this. You have access to heaven. You have access to heaven. All the qualities that are in heaven are available to you today. And that's what that scripture is talking about when he's saying, as you allow the dwelling. See, when Jesus was on earth, by the way, when he was on earth, he was fully man, fully God, but he functions fully man. And he was able to do all these miraculous things. Why? Because he had a direct connection to heaven. Now you might say, well, that's Jesus. Of course he did. He's the son of God. 
Okay, then what about Peter? Apostle Peter. What about Apostle Paul? They did the miraculous as well. Why? How? Because they understood they were the dwelling place of God who dwelled in them, and all they were doing was responding to what the Father in heaven was doing, came into alignment to it, and chose to keep their life open, no limit on their life, and God used them to accomplish what he was doing in heaven on earth. Okay, are we good? All right, all right, this is good. Because here's the reality, we catch this and all of a sudden we realize our life is not limited by our own abilities that has a roof, that has a cap, who has a lid. I'll tell you, that's a pretty boring life. But when we realize that we don't have a limit on our lives, that we have access to heaven, then oh my, what's your life going to look like? Okay. Well, I'm just going to go skip over to this other part of the story here. By the way, the kingdom of God seems so opposite to the kingdom of this world. First will be last. Right? The world loves pride and selfishness. The kingdom of God has everything to do about humility and looking to other people's needs before our own. So we have to be trained in this different kingdom. We have to understand this kingdom of God thing and the way we do that is spend time in his word. Jesus spent most of his teaching time talking about the kingdom. You want to understand what the kingdom is like? Go read some of Jesus' parables. He goes on and on talking about what the kingdom is like. This last slide is, I couldn't imagine my life without it. Or I couldn't imagine my life without Jesus. You see, God wants to be so close to us. He has purpose for us. He has this amazing life in store for us, but we got to come into alignment to him. But he's beckoning us to say, taste and see that I am good. Psalm 34, verse 8. Taste and see that the Lord is good. I want to go and talk about, I'm going to try to draw some more. Here we go. But I want to tell you something, though, about not only these two houses. There's two dogs that live in potentially these yards of your home. You know these dogs. Well, there's one dog. He's the junkyard dog. Okay, Lord, help me draw a dog. All right. He's a mean dog. He's a mean dog. Oh, yeah. Ooh, ooh, we're getting good. Give me a clap. Here we go. All right. This mean dog. Hey, um, so, oh, man, this dog, maybe I should have stopped while I was ahead. Oh, no, I ruined it. All right. The junkyard dog. Oh, his hair standing on the back of his head. He's a junkyard dog. He's skinny. Oh, that's good. All right. So this junkyard dog, he's mean. He's unhappy. 
But guess what? He was not created to be that. But the result of his conditions of his life, chained up, kicked, beaten, starved, has made him into who he is. He was fed a certain way to make him this miserable, mean dog. Now there's another dog. There's another dog. Oh, he's a happy dog. Oh, no, that's a, that's a bear ear. Bear ear, not good. That's a bear ear. Okay. Almost. Oh, no. He's, he's, he, we're doing it. We're doing it. We're doing it. It almost looks like it. Okay, there we go. Oh, happy dog. Happy dog. Okay, happy dog. Happy dog. Okay. So, so happy dog. There, he's like golden retriever. He's been well-loved. He's been well cared for. But I tell you, at, at each of these houses, though, there's always a dog. At each house, there's always a dog. And, and you get the choice of which dog you feed. And whatever dog you feed is what comes alive. And becomes to rule in your house. Catch this analogy for a minute. Biblically speaking, is what you feed yourself is what you'll be. If you continue to feed yourself on whatever you're watching, whatever you're reading, think about that. Whatever you're feeding your mind with, whatever your thought life is. Are you pursuing selfishness or are you giving yourself away? Are you serving others? See, whatever you feed, whatever dog you feed, is eventually what is going to become the ruler of your house. So if you want the qualities of God in your life, of love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, self-control, the fruits of the Spirit start feeding that dog. Which means you're in God's word. Which means you're, you're serving each other. Which means you're giving. You're generous. But if you want to feed this mean old junkyard dog that's going to cause bitterness and anger in your life, feed it. Feed it with selfishness. Feed it with pride. Feed it with unforgiveness. Feed it with uh, resentment. Feed it with bitterness, anger, hatred. You start feeding that dog. And guess what? That's what's going to rule your house. All right, so there's two houses. A house with no lid on it, but there's also two dogs. And I'll tell you what, you can start living your life with open heavens, with your roof wide open, and all of a sudden somebody crosses you the wrong way. Bitterness starts to get in, and guess what? That roof starts to close on up. The open heaven starts to not be so open and the junkyard dog starts to rule and growl and cause misery for you. I want us to turn to Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to close with this. Ephesians chapter 1. 
And I'm done with this uh, board here as well, so if somebody wants to remove that. This is going to, if you have your Bible, if you, have, if you don't have your Bibles with you, that's fine too. Just look it up on a Bible app um, or write it down and look it up later. Ephesians chapter 1, starting at verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Okay, by the way, let me start with this. So Ephesians, this is the Apostle Paul writing to the church in Ephesus. Today, it's modern-day Turkey-ish. Probably modern-day Turkey, but because I wasn't 100% sure, I said ish. So it gave me freedom to be wrong. Okay. One, chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing... In the heavenly places. Even as he chose us in him before the foundations of the world. Familiar to week number one? He chose you. He chose you. Before the foundations of this world. He thought of you as he was creating this world. That we should be holy and blameless before him. In love, he predestined us. That, that's a big word, meaning he, he already picked us, he knew us, he has a plan for us, which means he predestined us. Remember, he functions outside of time. He knew everybody that was going to choose him or not choose him. For us to be adopted as sons through Jesus Christ, and I would say daughters in that as well, according to the purpose of his will. To the praise of his glorious grace with which he was blessed in us, blessed in us, the beloved. He blessed us in the beloved. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses, according to the riches of his grace. In other words, he gives us the ability to come close because he can take away our sin. Hey, when he asks us to be holy, guess what? As human beings, we can't be as holy as God wants us to be holy. That's why we need a Savior. I want to be clear on this, because sometimes you read a passage like this, like, I'm not good enough. Yeah, none of us are. You're good. (laughs) But that's why we need Jesus in our life. In him we have redemption through his blood. What he did on the cross, that's what he's talking about. The forgiveness of our trespasses, of our sins, according to the riches of his grace. It's not by our merits, not by our work, it's by his grace. Which he lavished upon us. He loves to give it to us, just gives it to us, lavishes it on us. In all wisdom and insight, making known to us the mystery of his will. According to his purpose which he set forth in Christ. I I want to stop there for a moment and understand, unpack this mystery of his will. So many people today say, well, I don't know what my purpose is in life. All you need to do is ask Jesus into your life and you're going to find your purpose. (laughs) Because he designed you. He made you. 
Apart from him, yes, you're going to wander around. It's called being lost. You're going to wander. But yet, he says, when he finds you, he's going to give you a purpose to your life. He's going to share with you mysteries. You know that one picture we showed where the world is upside down and the boy was, the egg was teaching the boy to see the world differently? That's what happens when we come to Christ. He helps us understand the kingdom of God is different than this world and we see the world differently, but we need him to speak those mysteries to us. The mystery of his will according to his purpose, which he set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things to him, things in heaven and things on earth. Interesting that the Apostle Paul talks about the uniting of heaven and earth. Everything we talked about today is packed in that one verse. Actually, everything we've talked about for the last three weeks is packed in that verse. He, before the beginning of time, he chose you. He purposed things for you. He chose you. He wants to be close to you. He wants to reveal mysteries to you. And he wants to come close and forgive you. And yet, he also wants to do this. Give you an open heaven. That you might experience what is in heaven here on earth. Through Christ Jesus. This is Christmas time. The first carrier of the presence of God in this particular way, carrier of Jesus, was Mary. Mary had to understand what it was like to be able to say yes to a heaven being opened up. Mary, who had never slept with a man, finds herself pregnant supernaturally. But God chose her because she was willing to understand what it means to have an open heaven. What it means to say yes to align to what is going on in heaven here on earth. And by her saying yes, she started being a carrier of Jesus. Joseph had to understand what it was Mary's husband. Had to understand what it would mean to to have an open heaven because... How would you like, guys, your wife to come to you one day and say, hey, I'm pregnant. And by the way, I've never been with a man. You'd be like, uh, yeah, I think we need to create some space here. (laughs) But Joseph, who had an encounter with heaven, an angel talked to him, was willing to believe the heaven could come here to earth. And you know, I don't believe that heaven coming to earth stopped when Jesus was born. I think he showed us the way to allow heaven to come to earth, which was belief in Jesus Christ. Faith in Jesus Christ gives us access to heaven, to earth today. But what it takes is for your life to be built on the rock, for a willingness that your body would be the dwelling place of Jesus, 
the Holy Spirit. And then we just keep saying yes as we look up into heaven and say, God, what do you want to do in my life? What do you want to do through my life? How do you want to use me to grow your kingdom? And when you say yes to the open heaven, you realize that there's fullness of joy. There's fullness of peace. There's fullness of purpose. And you pop alive. But then you just got to keep feeding the right dog. Not the junkyard dog. Keep feeding the golden retriever. With good food. Spiritual food. Being in God's word. Praying. Getting in the right community. You know, community of believers. I'll tell you what. I've heard too many stories of people who stop going to church and what happens to their life. It starts falling apart because they're no longer connected. Well, I've landed the plane. What's God speaking in your heart right now? Have you tried to do life on your own? You know God out there, but you're trying to do life on your own. Maybe you've purposely kept God in a distance because you feel like that's safer. The safest place is to have Jesus dwelling inside of you. He'll love you. He'll pursue you. He'll care for you. I want us to dream again, church. I want us to dream about the possibilities. I want us to have an open heaven. And I know a lot of you are already doing this. I'm already hearing the stories of how God is using you. But I just want to give us a reminder this morning. Keep pursuing Jesus. Feed the right dog. Don't put a lid on your expectations, your possibilities. See, I'm going to end on this. If you just view your life by your current reality, you're missing out on God's possibility. What does God have for your life? He has something spectacular. Well, would you all just close your eyes with me as we pray? There's some here today that have never asked Jesus to be a part of their life. And I want to say, I'm glad you're here. But with a message like this, of having an open heaven... The only way that starts is by first giving your life to Jesus. I'm wondering if there's anybody here that would just say, and I'm just going to pray with you. It's, it's between you and God, but I want to acknowledge it to see what God's stirring in somebody's hearts. But if you say, you know what? I'd like to start my relationship with Jesus. I don't fully know what it means, but you know what? There's something stirring inside of me today. Just slip up your hand just so I get eyeballs on you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hands down on this side. Anybody in the middle section? Yes, thank you. 
Anybody over here? Thank you. All over this room. Simply, under your breath, repeat after me. Thank you, Jesus, for finding me. And today I choose to give my life to you. I'm sorry for the past mistakes I've made, Jesus. Thank you for forgiving me. I'm going to try to live my life for you, Jesus, as my Lord, my friend, my Savior. God, I want this open heaven. I invite you, Jesus, into my life. Thank you for being close to me. Thank you for being near. Thank you for giving me love, joy, peace. And all of heaven is celebrating right now with all those who raised their hand. Let's, congregation, can we give a big clap of just praising God for those who said yes to him? Thanks for putting up with me this morning, church. Thank you for allowing me to draw crazy drawings with you this morning. And I just love you. I just love you because you're saying yes to Jesus. And you're saying yes to the possibility that he has in your life. All right, guys, we'll see you Friday night. We'll see you Friday night and then Christmas Eve. Love you guys. Well, let's all stand. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com.